Welcome to Out With Dan, the podcast that spotlights and examines the voices of LGBTQ authors, characters, and our allies. Together, we lift our voices and we tell our stories. I'm Dan White. Join me as I chat with this week's author. Hello, and welcome back to Out With Dan. Today, I'm excited to talk to Amber and Danielle Brown about Perfect Little Lives. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, This book was such a delicious thriller, and you did a perfect job at keeping me guessing as to which way we were going to go at the end. So I loved that. Good. Love to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a particular reason you chose to have... um, the, your main protagonist, Dad, had been framed for murder. Is there a particular reason you chose that direction, or was that just something you wanted to play with? Um. Well, yes, that we chose that specifically just because. Um, not only do we have experience, not in the sense that it wasn't just, but we know a lot of black men who have been jailed. Our dad was in prison. Um, it's, a, it's very common that the justice system works one way for certain people and a different way for other people. And we just wanted to explore that. And I love that. I don't love the fact that the justice system doesn't do right, but I do love the fact that you explored this because in reading this, I really realized how many times I've heard this type of story and mm-hmm. how it always bothers me because the justice system should be totally blind and it should work for everyone. One of the things that I would notice is it must be difficult for the victims to ever have a second voice. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. After the first bite of the apple and the justice system has decided, it must be one hell of an uphill battle. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, definitely. I also feel like, because the story touches on, so our main um, character, Simone, she, it's her dad who went to prison, but he went to prison for murdering her mom. And before, you know, it was ruled as a murder, you know, she went missing. And that's also something that is common is that those cases aren't taken as seriously. Or in this case, it was just, it just what the, the even though this took place in a very affluent city, the resources weren't really used for a really comprehensive investigation. They just kind of jumped things and said, oh, you know, he did it. And, you know, he's the big black scary guy and, you know, corners were jumped and the investigation for the victim was not just. And for Simone having to go through this, that's kind of where the story picks up. It's been 10 years since her father's been locked up and this whole time she's been trying to appeal the decision, Mm -hmm. but it's just hard. It, it, It costs a lot of money. And yeah, she's going to, it's just always going to be hard for her. That's why the story, she's really searching for closure. She kind of just wants all the answers and she can finally move on. I think that as human beings, when we're, when we're put up against something that is so difficult, we do want closure. We, you know, when you have a loved one that's been incarcerated for something that you don't believe they did, you are always searching for something to make you right, to make you, you know, to make you whole because you, you're left in this situation that you're in a lurch and you can't go forwards or backwards. And I really, that was something I saw in Simone while she had 
lots of wonderful things going on in her life, there was always that thing hanging over her head. And I really commend the two of you that I thought you did it so well that mm -hmm. I was totally invested in wanting her to find closure, no matter what that closure was, because sadly, occasionally the yeah. justice system does get it right. Oftentimes it doesn't. But, you know, as a reader, you want to champion someone. And I really did with Simone. Yeah, also there's, there's also a psychological element that we add in with that whole closure kind of idea. <laughs> because it's like she's really, really desperate. You know, it's been over 10 years since her mother died and her father was locked up, as she believes, strongly accused. And sometimes when we're so desperate for closure, we start to piece things together and just try to find any answer, not like the right answer. Yeah. And so we lower our standards of belief just so we can have some type of bow to wrap it up and close it. And so as the reader, you have to like see, is she reliable or is she just piecing together things just to have an answer? To create Absolutely. a narrative that will be more satisfying yeah. to her. Absolutely. And I think that's a human nature thing. I, I think that, you know, let's say we make a mistake at work and we want to fix it or cover it up, whichever one it is. You know, <laughs> there's all of this angst about the situation and the situation's outcome. And uh, I really, as I said, I really championed Simone in this. And you did something that I really, really respect and love. You made her a sexy <laughs> woman. And I loved that because when life when shit happens in life, pardon my language, you still have a life to lead. Yeah, exactly. And you gave us, you gave us someone who was beautiful and sexy and certainly trying to navigate all of her life to move it forward. Mm -hmm. So do you write tandem? Do you take separate parts? Uh, how does that work? And is it easy or difficult? <laughs> I think it's easier now because this is our second book and we also already wrote our third book together. So we're, we're, we're much smoother than we first started. Um, I think we do work really good together in terms of we already have similar voices, like just to begin with. We actually like wrote separately for 14 years before we ever wrote together. She did not ever want to write a book together. Because no. <laughs> I just knew we would be fighting because like she said, we're very similar. But we also, the similar things that we do have in common are good in some ways. But the one where it's not is we're very obstinate and stubborn and we re refuse to cave. So like you said, that's similar, but our writing style, I would say, is different. Mm -hmm. So how we actually put the thoughts, so beating the story out and plotting and all that is really, really easy. We do it really fast. And we never really disagree. We yeah, just we never each disagree on the big stuff. pitch stuff and we're like, yeah, that one's better. You, you take that, you know? But with the writing of it, we have different styles. So that's what we were fighting about. Yeah. Okay. But with the second one, we realized, yeah, we're not going to fight this time. And we, we didn't. So with this one, it was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, it reads so smoothly that I, and you know, as I'm reading it, because I know there are two authors, I think to myself, is that difficult? Because I know in my life I'm stubborn and I think Dan's way must be the right way. So. <laughs> But and and, also, I just wanted to say we don't write separate parts because okay. we probably sound discombobulated and, you know, we're very good at one person will start the draft like after we already beat it out and we have an outline and the other person will go through it and add their own like spice to it. It's never like totally separate. I love that. I love that. You also give us in this book a dynamic of best friends growing up or good friends growing up who come back together. 
one thing that I, I chuckled out loud because it happens in my life, you know, when Simone and Hunter sort of run into each other. Mm-hmm. I find that that happens even living in a big city, that that yeah. happens to me. Some friends say it never happens to them. I just assume there's something wrong with them. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like so. I've heard someone say, because this is in New York, and they were saying how in New York, even though it's like 8 million people, you will still run into the same people. You yeah. think because you, you have be the same routine. routine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and we've run into I, that I, people. Yeah. Yeah, I'd find the same thing here. I I was on three different freeways last month and same saw the mm-hmm. same car. And we weren't just right behind each other. We were different places in traffic. And I'm like, why are, you know, because it is human nature. <laughs> yeah, so, but no, that's one of my favorite tropes is um, childhood friends yeah. growing, or yeah, growing apart. For they them, they were separated from, you know, circumstances after the murder took place and her dad was locked up, mm-hmm. you know, she, her mom is dead too. So she, you know, had to go live with her aunt who wasn't in a affluent area. And so they just kind of felt, you know, so fell apart. Yeah. Not fell apart. <laughs> Cause the dad was, grew apart. Grew apart. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and yeah, I love that just weird. Oh, haven't seen you. It might be awkward, but then for them, it, they kind of fall mm-hmm. back into their friendship, but it is different because they're a lot older. Yeah. And I do find that sometimes when we're younger and we share something special with someone that when we've been apart and come back together, we sort of fall in simpatico because we know each other. I was talking with an author recently, you know, the things we do when we're younger Mm -hmm. have such a large impact on the future, you know, especially if you're in your teens or 20s and you have a friendship, it seems to last a lot longer over a big span of time. 100%. 100%. Yeah. One of the things that I thought you did lovingly and delicately, but very directly, is what happens when you lose that part of affluence and how life changes. And it does. And I, will you speak to that a little bit? Mm-hmm. Well, the concept really came from so we're from New Jersey. It's called East Orange. It's called, (laughs) but then there's a West Orange and a South Orange and an Orange. And so (laughs) the the West Orange, which is the closest to East Orange, and the South Orange are extremely affluent. Like um, Whoopi Goldberg lives in West Orange. Um, And East Orange is just dilapidation. There's nothing there. It's just, my dad used to say it looks like a war zone. So we grew up and then in Essex County, where these cities are, there's a but there's Short Hills, which is the most affluent place. That's kind of what um, yeah, inspired Golden Heights is yeah. kind of modeled after. And so we, you know, you get on the highway and you just see the mansions and you're just like, oh, I just want to live here. And so I just we, we thought, like, let's discuss class in that way to, you know, start off one way and then have to because as a child, that's all, you know, yeah. and then have to out of that and have to adjust for no fault of your own, not even any fault of your parents. It's just circumstances. So, yeah. Well, I do think that you've written a wonderful thriller because it really did keep me on the edge of my seat trying to figure out not only the who done it, but where does it end up? Yeah. Because when there is a wrong uh, injustice, then there's collateral damage and there's collateral damage typically all over the place. It's not just one thing, it affects everyone. Um, 
did you set out knowing um, how the book would end? Hmm. Probably not. Not really. Because I feel like when we're plotting, we're really just looking at the psychology of the character and we might have an idea, like a pool yeah. of people it could be, but then just depending on the events that the decisions that the character makes, yeah, it becomes clear who should be the killer and who shouldn't be. Like I feel like it like takes us, a it takes pool us, of people who have yeah. a motivation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But and it takes us writing it a little bit, like after the outline. So after outline stage, and once we start writing, we'll usually come together and be like, mm, maybe this person should be the killer instead of this person or you know, it really takes getting into the character and seeing where the story leads because things change all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as a reader, I think that that makes me a lot more interested and invested in reading it because, you know, you don't give me just one. You give me options, of course, which keeps the reader guessing, which is what you want to do as an author. But I, I really did all along the way. I was like, oh, it could be this or it could be that. And and I did like it. And I I liked the characters you put around the main characters as well. Mm -hmm. There, There's lovely placement of certain people in certain parts of the book that just moves the dialogue along. I, you know, Jasmine tickled the stuffings <laughs> out of me. So... <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody knows at least one or ten Jasmines in life. <laughs> yeah. Except for the protagonist, did you have a particular character that was your favorite to write or um, to torture? <laughs> for me, definitely Hunter, which is her childhood best friend and neighbor. Yeah, because... we love the banter. Yeah, the connection and, and just the ride that their relationship goes on was fun. I also, when I read over the Kate scenes, I love those. That yeah. was really fun writing it. <laughs> Kate, Kate, her mom, yeah. yeah. Kate is Kate is a fun character. I mean, you know, there's there are so many layers to the Kate onion, and that was wonderful. Simone's dad really he says a few things towards the end of the book and you yeah, just want to him. <laughs> <laughs> he is he is so wonderful and once again I think that this is such a delicious book and it was so fun to read. Do you have a website or social media you'd like to share? Yes, on social media on well let's say Instagram we are Amber and Danielle like spell out and and also that's our website you know yeah. amberandanielle.com yeah <laughs> and on twitter i'm amber has a twitter i don't i'm amber shirelle s-h-a-r-e-l-e <laughs> fantastic fantastic again the book is perfect little lives amber and danielle thank you so much for joining me thank, thank you, you so for having for us her. perfect <laughs> hang on for me just a second Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Out With Dan. You can find more information about this podcast and its host at outwithdan.com, on Twitter at outwithdan, and on Instagram and Facebook at gooutwithdan. This podcast is hosted by Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, and the theme music is provided by bensound.com. Join us again soon for the next episode of Out With Dan.